0: a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look? Be your own interior designer. This is affordable interior design. The podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Helmet. Hi there, everybody. I hope you're doing well. It's great to be back with you, even though this is practically, you know, the end of February. I am going to dig in and start reflecting on 2022. This episode is all about trends. What's going to be in for 2022 and what's going to be out? And you say, Betsy, why didn't you record this episode in January? Well, I will tell you guys, I don't know if you're like me, but January totally got away from me. I'm in the middle of a rebrand. I had to move out of my office. I'm moving out of my house to go who knows where. Lots of transition, lots of reflection, even though I was so busy reflecting on what was happening in the moment that I didn't have the dedicated time that I usually spend, multiple days at a time, almost in an incubator-type state where nothing sort of is coming in, nothing is coming out, and I'm just deeply thinking and planning for the whole upcoming year. I just didn't do that this year, but I don't think it's too late. So I'm gonna be sharing my trends with you today, and then the minute we log off, I'm gonna be deeply reflecting and planning out all of 2022 as if it was January, because it is never too late to make a fresh start, and it is never too late to incorporate trends into your space. So here we go. My home decor trends for 2022. And after I cover those highlights, I'm going to talk about the things that I hope go away in 2022. Things that I think are becoming obsolete or so much less interesting than they used to be. First things first, trends. So we all know that Gray had a very long, very big moment. That cold gray that almost skews bluish and has no warmth. I'm not talking grayish, and grayish I think is fairly timeless, but I'm talking cool graphite, concrete. It can be lighter in shade, but definitely that kind of tonality, gray. That is gone, in my professional opinion. And now people are wanting a slightly warmer look. In fact, the pendulum has swung, as it always does, between gray and beige. Now it's back to beige. Cream, just like greige, is sort of timeless and always around and always something that my clients are asking for. But now they're legit saying, I want lighter shades of brown. I'm looking for beige. I'm looking for tan. And that's a real change in terms of what I'm seeing in the industry and also what I'm personally gravitating towards. You know, we've been locked down in a pandemic. It's been cold. It's been lonely. It is time to warm things up, make it feel inviting and cozy. It's time to go back to beige. So personally, I'm definitely doing that, and my clients are also doing that. One other thing that I'm seeing a lot of is curved furniture. You know, so often we'll see sofas, most sofas are big rectangular pieces, and most coffee tables are rectangles or squares, but there is this big move to curved legs, turned legs, jelly bean shaped sofas, sofas with curved backs, and I'm not just talking rolled arms, I'm talking the entire shape is curvilinear lines. Kidney shaped coffee tables Definitely getting into those kind of unusual, unexpected barrel chairs, um, tub chairs, they're often called, but so many of my clients are saying, Betsy, we want a new look, and the best way to give them something that really feels unexpected is a totally different shape. Because you can get rectilinear chairs in fun patterns, and that will feel cool. But getting a curved chair in a fun pattern feels unique. Another thing that's really hot right now is carved furniture. So that could be a turned leg console table that has a lot of detailing, you know, that is ornate carving in the front of, say, an armoire. Anthropology has some that my clients have been clamoring for that have like woodland creatures carved in the door of a cabinet, a console, an armoire. Anything that's carved and got a little more attention to detail. I would say that ornate carvings and that sort of look haven't been in for a very long time. It's definitely more of a traditional thing to do to give that much attention to fine wood details. But people are doing it in a more contemporary way, like with those sort of... Um, less traditional features, and more eclectic ideas like uh, asymmetrical carvings in things versus traditional symmetrical ornate detailing. So I think if you're looking for something that's definitely of the moment, carved furniture, and of course that's generally wood, is all the rage right now. Another thing that's very popular is 3D art. And I'm not just talking about like sculptural wall art. I'm talking about unexpected 3D moments, like in a teen or kid's room, having butterflies that seem to fly off the wall versus just a picture. They're almost like stick on butterflies that maybe have extended wings from the wall or um I'm seeing a lot of just sort of things you can apply like a decal, but instead of being flat, they have that 3D surface that makes it look like rock or that's just a geometric detailing. So 3D kind of appliques, Or even 3D walls. So if you look at places like overstock, if you're wanting acoustic tiles, a lot of them have sort of a a carving, again, that makes them look like 3D art versus just acoustic panels. Uh, am I into it? I don't know With all trends, I'm a little dubious and I like to you know start with a foundation that's timeless and add these pieces knowing that I'm probably going to swap them out in a few months if not a few years. Years would be a long shelf life for any of the trends I'm speaking about today besides the beige. Then, of course, people come out with trends. So Benjamin Moore has come out with its color of the year, which is October Mist, which is kind of a warm sage. So a lot of times you'll find silvery sages like gray cashmere, my favorite green at Benjamin Moore, that definitely has a cool undertone. October Mist, while light in color, light in shade, definitely has a little more yellow. So it's um, still a sage in that it's not super perky. I could definitely see it being pretty versatile, but also of the moment. Unlike, say, a teal which I think I could go back to time and time again, this one I think is going to have its moment and then be gone at the end of the year. Pantone also releases a color of the year. Their color is peri-peri. It is a very vibrant periwinkle, and it's very saturated. So when I typically think of periwinkle, I think of almost a pastel. This is an intense, bright hue. I am not a fan. You are not going to find anything to match this color. So good for Pantone. I don't know how they come up with these things. They just reach in a button bag. For those of you familiar with Project One Way, they reach in a button bag and pull something out and call it the color of the year. I mean, I like that we're coming out of a pandemic and we're choosing brights versus say the more subdued sages of Benjamin Moore. I like the idea that we're optimistic and getting ready to party, but this is not a good color. This is not a color that will be easy to work with. So I don't suggest you go out seeking things in peri-peri, which is bright periwinkle. Another thing that people say we're going to be seeing a lot of are canopy beds. So, you know, cozy's all the rage. And uh, certainly, is anything cozier? than a canopy bed. You feel enveloped while you're sleeping. It can feel like a little tent or nest. So again, canopy beds are somewhat timeless, but my clients haven't been asking for them in nearly a decade. And now I can see where people are kind of gravitating more towards that look, requesting a canopy bed. Heck, you know, I'm moving soon. Canopy bed sounds pretty fun. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. Now let's talk about what's out, out, out. I've been saying these things for a while, but now I'm just going to be a little more emphatic. One thing that I think is totally out, and you know, guys, I'm glad this is over the airwaves so you can't physically harm me because I know a lot of you are not going to like hearing this, gray washed wood. I have been over gray washed wood, especially as flooring especially as like a dining table or bookcases. I've been over it ever since it came out. I like the idea of getting a new type of wood grain, but I just feel like it's cold. It looks a little too rustic. It's blah. And I've been waiting for it to go out for so long. I will happily use it when my clients insist or when they're super enthusiastic about it, but it's over. It's so over, and I'm not bashful. I'll let them know. Another thing that's been over for me ever since it began is open shelving. But now all the tastemakers are saying that open shelving is going the way of the gray washed wood, and we're going to be focusing more on closed cabinetry, on closed-off kitchens. So open kitchens, that super open concept layout where you can see the family room, you can see the entryway, you can see everything from the hub of the home being that kitchen. Again, I was never a fan. My kitchen is a small galley kitchen that you can completely close off from both the hallway with the door and from the dining room with the door that they removed. I sure wish it was still there. But I feel like I'm in my own little universe when I'm cooking. Nobody can see my dishes when they walk in my house. So I don't always do my dishes. In fact, my husband does the dishes. I do the cooking. But um, oftentimes, he doesn't do them in a timely manner. So I almost always have dirty dishes by the sink. It is not a good first impression. I don't want to see dirty dishes when I'm lounging in the living room or in the family room watching TV. So I'm so glad that open kitchens are on their way out because as I've been house hunting, I have been saying to myself, I do not want an open kitchen. All right. And, uh, you know, now something that's really big is maximalism. So people are liking things that are super accessorized. They're liking surfaces that have been well styled. For me, uh, I'm not a fan of maximalism, but the trend that's on its way out is minimalism. So for many years recently, it's been sort of in vogue to be very austere, to have empty surfaces to have sleek sort of um, consoles, sleek dining tables with no centerpieces, all of this. And I think at a certain point it can look cold and it can look a little bit too much like a hotel unless like someone actually lives there. Again, I wouldn't swing that pendulum all the way to maximalism, even though a lot of people are. In fact, that's being considered a big trend this year, but ugh. To me, it's clunky junky and just more dust. So maximalism, I'm not putting on my trends list, even though other people are. Uh, Black hardware. So black hardware, be it faucets, be it kitchen hardware, be it doorknobs and hinges, black hardware is out. And I really think its moment was so short. You know, brass and gold definitely had its moment back in the 80s and 90s, and it came back around recently, and I think it's still around in a legitimate, viable way. But black in terms of faucets, handles, things like that, that true ebony, I'm not talking oil rubbed bronze. I'm talking black, black, like it's painted or even matte color in terms of hardware, is out. And I think it had a very short shelf life. And frankly, the thing that I've noticed with metals, and you've heard me say this before, is that I think any one metal can look very dated. I moved into this house six years ago. And the metal that was easiest to find, the metal that was in vogue at that time was silver. So Because I wanted to stay within a certain budget and because I wanted to have endless selection, I went to the silver family. Now, after one or two years, it was a very quick turnaround. Soon, all you could find was brass and gold. And I was like, well, shoot, if I want to update my chandelier if I want to swap something out, all the cool choices are in this warm metal. And you guys know I don't mix warm metals with cool metals. So I was just stuck and couldn't take advantage of any of those trendy light fixtures or trendy accents for my own home. I just had to buy them for others. Well, black had its moment and now it's quickly gone. And this is why I believe And hope to see, as a trend, two-tone metal finishes. Now, certainly, two-tone metal finishes are already here. You'll see a mix of brass and bronze all the time, brass and black. You'll see black or bronze mixed with silver. Those are very common two-tone mixes. But the problem is there's just not enough two-tone selection. It's few and far between. I can find you 100 table lamps that are one metal finish or another. And I can find you 10 that are in the style I'm going for and have two tones. So I think the best way to select metal finishes so that they're not trendy, so that they are timeless, is by doing the two-tone effect. So say you've already got a house that has a lot of black metal finishes. I'm designing a new construction right now in New Jersey, and it has all black metal finishes. They were playing off that modern farmhouse trend, the Studio McGee trend, which I feel is on its way out too, but I really don't want to get um, too beat up for my opinions. So I'm not going to say that too loud. But uh, in my opinion, those are both on their way out, but the builders are still heavily utilizing that because people are still asking for it, right? But As I'm designing this home in New Jersey, as we're selecting the different finishes and the options we do have, I strongly suggested to my client, I'm actually meeting with her later this afternoon, that she do dual metal finishes two-tone so that we can combine the black with the silver to make it more... Well-rounded, first of all, less dark and heavy, but also make it more timeless. And I sure wish I had done that in my home. In fact, it's not too late. If you've committed to one metal finish or the other, find one or two very conspicuous pieces in the space, whether it's the overhead light fixture, which is always conspicuous because the ceiling is relatively empty except for that beautiful piece, or say a big floor lamp that's tall and has a lot of presence. One of those two pieces I usually try to find in that two-tone metal finish, so it sets the stage. It basically creates the rule book by which I will play for the entire room so that some pieces might just be silver, some pieces might just be black, but the pieces that are drawing the most attention are the two-tone. Now, is that going to be much harder for me as a designer? Do I wish I had never said that to my client? Kind of, because I've given myself a really tall mountain to climb. But if I had a magic wand, if and when I have my furniture store and my accessory store, right, my entire line of bespoke pieces, I will have a lot of two tone metals because I feel like those have a lot more longevity. And when we're buying hardware for our homes, be it a faucet or overhead light fixture or doorknob, right, when we're buying those things that are architectural finishes that will stay with the space, Ideally, we're doing so with an eye to not having to swap them out in five years. Who wants to change their hinges? Yeah, none of you are raising your hand right now. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Another thing that people say is on its way out is macrame. So macrame is kind of a folk art that harkens back to the 70s with lots of knots, typically hanging on a wooden rod. Typically, um, it's used as a really cool wall hanging. Uh, I love that it's lightweight, can be large and dramatic and affordable. I love getting macrame on Etsy, but I do agree. I think it's on its way out. Now, you'll see behind me, I have a tapestry. It does have the wooden dowel rods holding it up, but it doesn't have the knots and the fringe. Tapestries are timeless. They have been around for eons, and it's more the subject matter of the tapestry, the colors that you've selected that would make it trendy or not, but not the actual idea of a tapestry. I love a tapestry anytime. But macrame, I do agree. It's probably being phased out. If you have macrame you love, that's fine, especially if you have a mid-century modern aesthetic because it fits in seamlessly with that era but otherwise I wouldn't go looking for macrame and I won't be recommending it for my clients anytime soon. Guys, that's my trend report for 2022. What's hot and what's not. Let me know what you think. I bet with a couple of the controversial things I've said, you guys have some strong opinions. So please share those with me. You can send all your thoughts to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Just fill out the form right there and that message will go right to me and eventually right on the air to all of you. And speaking of on the air, guys, I have some news to report. Our mailbag is officially down to one letter. One letter, which I will be answering next week, but I sure could use some more. So if you have questions, if you have thoughts, ideas, please send them along. Uh, Again, go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast and fill out your form and send me your question. I'd be happy to answer it on an upcoming episode. All right, everyone. Until next time, go forth, buy some trends, take down some trends, and tell me what you think the next trend will be. Bye.